Hey y'all, welcome to Cross Baltic on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Pastor Toby Chuck Knox on the Water Boys. Good to be with you. We have Robert Netsley, CEO of Inspire Investing, coming up. Maybe some sort of ESG for Christians? Uh-oh. Maybe? No! I don't know. Don't do it! <laughs> the Fight, Laugh, Feast Conference is... Two and a half months away. Oh, we're putting time on Two it now. Two and a half months. Wow. Who's writing these things? Knoxville, Tennessee, October 6th through the 8th. Beer and Psalms. There's like too many exclamation points in this. Fellowship. <laughs> Our amazing lineup. No, it doesn't really have an exclamation point. Speakers like George Gilder, Dr. Jared Longshore, Pastor Douglas Wilson, Dr. Ben Merkel, Bishop Toby. <laughs> Who writes this? The family is a nuclear weapon sumpter. Oh, that's and, funny. And... Uh-oh. Gabe hasn't secured our special surprise yet, so we can't tell you about it. Will you Uh-oh. hurry up and do we that? put my name on this it's thing. It's on you. This is Gabe's fault. But we can tell you there will be awesome vendors, new friends to meet, and maybe your child's future spouse. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> I, I, that, I met my wife in that, Sunday school. That's from Knox. I, uh, I, that's that, from Knox. Definitely. But they meet while playing in the Jumpy Castles. No. You better no, watch those Jumpy yeah. Castles. Save money by signing up for a club membership. FightLaughFeast.com. Another exclamation point. Man, somebody just had no, fire with no, fire. exclamation points. Come a member, sign up, register for the conference, get $100 off. We can't wait to fellowship with you, sing psalms with you, and celebrate God's goodness with you in Knoxville, October 6th through the 8th, where we're going to fight, laugh, and feast. You know, next time I think we should write it with all question marks. <laughs> <laughs> just to see how you, you notice like I'm, I'm only OCD about a few things yeah I know yeah and, yeah. and this one, is one, one of them one of them is punctuation marks but when, yeah. we're, when we're writing inside of our document it's funny to watch you like trace me like, I'm like falling fix, right behind fix, me fix. <laughs> <laughs> I love it I'm like I, I, I need I'm to make so, this buy this program my, my mom God love her. She was she's such a great mom and man like me and like a Becca English. Yeah. She just like banged it over the head yeah. until I was oh. like like kind of just sort of like, you know, yeah, you had PTSD. <laughs> like, like, that's a run-on sentence. That's a fragment. Stop it. Stop it. I'm sorry, mom. Oh, that's hilarious. That's funny. Okay. Anyway, right. so Thank you, mom. <laughs> so in June, uh, there was a un- uh, unfortunate uh, news report on a ten-year-old girl who was raped, and then went to Indiana, went across state lines, and yeah. procured an abortion. Her mm. mom, her mom scheduled the abortion. Our president used that um, story to talk about pro-choice. Paid, that, paid, that's right, paid an assassin, and then Ugh. it, it kind of started to get buried. It kind of went out of the n- news and media, and, and later found out uh, that a, a, an illegal immigrant had had raped the ten-year-old. Okay, yeah. okay. And and then the story is still catching legs. So you're kind of wondering, well, why are you catching guys catching legs? Yeah, you like that on cross politics. I do only. catch it, catching legs. Um, and <laughs> and so we're, you're kind of wondering, well, why are we talking about this still in July? Well, because actually, um, uh, Catherine Glenn Foster of American United for Life was uh, testifying at Congress about abortion and pro life yeah. and everything, and then it ended up on the view. But view. But here's Catherine Glenn Foster uh, talking, uh, re- representing in front of Congress. Do you think a 10-year-old should choose to carry a baby? I, I believe it would probably impact her, her life. And so, therefore, it would fall under any exception and would not be an abortion. <laughs> Wait. It would not be an abortion if a 10-year-old with her parents made the decision not to have a baby that was the result of a rape? It's a good follow-up. If a 10-year-old became pregnant as a result of rape and it was uh, threatening her life, then that's not an abortion. So it would not fall under any abortion restriction in our nation. So uh, Catherine is pro-life. Yeah. Right. And it's confusing 
to us. We actually had to watch this video twice because, like, what did she really say? What she said? And yes, she did. I'm with the other. Guy. I'm with the guy. I, I'm with. I'm with wait, Eric. Wait, Eric, wait. the guy who slept with the Chinese spy, Eric. <laughs> I'm not with um, him. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm not with him but, on that. But but I'm feeling the tone of voice yeah. and the expression on his face. He's yeah. like, "Are you asking?" <laughs> yeah. So she said that this ten year old um, that. It, it's going to impact her life. This pregnancy is going to impact her life, broadly speaking. Right. And therefore, it falls under the life the of the mother, threatening the life of the mother, right. broadly speaking, right. and that she should be allowed to have but an abortion. No, but know. she said, I wouldn't call it an abortion right. either. Right. Well, I think what she's trying to say, if I've given her the benefit of the doubt on this, is that she's trying to say, okay, listen, uh, she believes that the child, the, the 10 year old, is as unfortunate as it is, should be able to have the child. If there's a case in which that it threatens her life, um, then that's not what she's saying. I, yeah. I think I, I, I'm, I hope I hope that's what she I'm really giving, believes. I'm giving but a, to me, it comes off that she's saying it broadly. Look, no, no, I'm I, just going back to like the way English language works okay. and that part about how my my the mom period ta- and the comma taught me the, about yeah. how words have meaning. Yeah, yeah. I'm, and coherence. I'm going to believe somebody like Catherine is a pro-life person who is trying to speak well in front of Congress and stumbled over herself and so. didn't make the right. I, I sure hope so. And, and and even and even then, I would like to tell that I wouldn't have argued it that way. Right. Yeah. Right, I wouldn't have argued. How would that you way. argue it? I think I would. I would argue and say, listen, I am totally uh, for protecting young girls. As a matter of fact, the first thing that I want to do is before we get to the ten-year-old girl who got raped, I want to deal with the crime first of all. That's right. If we have a young That's girl right. who's been raped, there's a crime here, and I want to know uh, who raped her. Right. Because yep. I want to make sure that she first receives justice and let's deal right. with the crime. Right. Let's punish this person right. with the death penalty. And then after we do that and we can understand we have true justice. Let's just work through this real quick. Death penalty. Um, presumed innocent until proven guilty. Yeah, so he gets so a fair trial. We want to know, did you yell, yeah. young lady? Did you ask him not to? There was any no. witness? And then he gets a fair trial. And then right. once we find him guilty, we give him the death penalty. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, if you can't agree with me on the death penalty, then we're not even talking about justice yeah. at all on anything else. Yeah. I, I want to begin. I, and, you know, If you have the time and the space to ask those questions, I think those are very important because we're talking about justice, what's yeah. right and wrong. And that's the first thing that needs right. to happen Absolutely. when there's been a crime. Right. But the, and the guy has been charged. Okay, yeah. but I think also, the immediate comeback also is we do not believe in punishing the baby for the sins, the crimes of the father. Right. That's right. right. So there's been a, and you don't make it better. That's the other thing. We we talked with Dr. Story last week about the effects of abortion. As horrible as it is that a a 10 year old girl would be the victim of that kind of crime and as difficult and as as painful and hard as it would be for her to carry a, a, a baby um, it's even worse to add on top of all of that the guilt and shame of becoming the accomplice of a murder. That's right. Yeah, I, like, like you, you want to add that to the list of difficulties? That's that now, heavy. Now she's gonna for a ten year old. She's gonna carry for the rest wow. of her life. I yeah. was a mom. And I had a baby, and we yeah. killed the baby. Also, too, I don't want to let him get away with the moral high ground, especially if he's sleeping with Chinese spies. Yeah, so, Eric. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I don't want to give him any more yeah. high ground because the first thing they're trying to say is you trying to say that a ten year old child should have a baby. That's right. And I'm trying yep. to say, first of all, you uh, don't have any moral high ground, Swallow, if you want to kill this ten year old child earlier in the womb. Yeah. Ten, ten, ten yeah. months or ten years ago, you wouldn't have a problem killing her. That's right. So you don't get to make any That's of these true. decisions. That is true. That so is you know, true. there's no more high ground for these guys. So here's what the orange gal on the View. Why are we uh, watching Orange? Why are you a, making us Alyssa, watch the View? Alyssa Farah. I just want to. Uh, because a, I, I protest. Yeah. I well, look at Look at She's orange. Uh, why, why are we watching The View? <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. We watch it so no one else has to. <laughs> but now they have to. 
before. I'm personally pro-life, but the, the, the woman in this clip is, is the worst spokesperson for our beliefs and our movement. Um, it has been Republican Party orthodoxy for decades that we believed in exceptions for rape, incest, and the life of the mother. And now we're seeing that flipped on its head, and people are going back against this. I don't know how anyone, to me, it's unconscionable that someone would think a 10-year-old rape victim should have to carry the baby to term and not have that decision. So that, that to me, is stunning. And what I worry about in this very important moment in our country as we decide how we move forward after this Roe decision, I worry that the extremes of both sides are governing the debate. The vast majority Extreme. of the country supports some limitations on abortion. 15 weeks models most of where Europe is, uh, most European countries. That's a compromise that I think tens of millions of Americans could get behind. But the bill <laughs> Democrats introduced to codify Roe into law supported it up until viability for a baby. So for someone like me, that's equally distressing. I think people of good faith on both sides need to be able to come together and say, what is the middle ground we can reach on? Hey, how, how about... How about we do six six months of uh, I don't know slavery slavery we, we, everybody compromise. likes eighteen months of slavery let's everybody compromise. likes that let's compromise yeah. we can we can all come together six behind months on like that. six months off but this is our pro life <laughs> <laughs> okay that's kind of what she said who's yeah. orange lady who is that lady that's Alyssa that's Farah she's yeah. one of the hosts of the, of the she's sitting in right she now. replaced. Or, or no. Is she, oh, did she replace? I don't know. Actually, I, I don't watch the view yeah, actually, religiously I don't know to know. She replaced. We just Why turned it on this? and she, she was might be there. But anyway, it's orange gal. Orange lady. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't um, that's not how, like, I mean, I appreciate, I appreciate the fact that she said that the, the other lady, whatever her name was, testifying beside, before Congress, didn't speak very clearly, not a very good representative. She's totally wrong. I mean, I don't know what the Republican um, platform has actually said on well, the thing uh, about exceptions it, for rape, incest, and, and life of the mother. But again, we um, want to underline the fact but that... Even if that's been on the, the, the record, I mean, it, it's never right. It's never right to execute the baby for the crimes of the right. father. That's right. Right. Why, yeah. In what universe do you think that doing an, like, taking another life is going to fix is gonna make right. the first yeah. crime? That right. never works. Right. And in the, in the very, very rare um, situations, the very, very rare uh, situations where um, a baby a, a is implanted in a place other than the womb, yeah. where, it, where it cannot survive and yeah. where it does directly threaten the life of the mother, the removal of that fertilized egg right. is not the same thing as 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 killing it intentionally, intentionally murdering yeah. it. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that, they got to know what life that is. That distinction first. has to be made. Yeah. So, so Whoopi, no, no, go to uh, four. You want to go? You wanna yeah, because we don't I'm, have enough time. Because well, I, I wanted some Whoopi wisdom. We'll say Whoopi for the backstage. I don't, okay, all right, say Whoopi. All right, go to Orange Girl number four. And just really quick, to be pro-life needs to meet, mean supporting moms throughout their lives. It means paid parental leave. It means investing in foster and adoption care. It's not just, I, it frustrates me so much. Universal pre-K. It me so much that my party really cares about them having the baby, but then there's no benefit well, we that they're going to have after the fact. Yes. This is insane. So this yeah. is in order to be pro-life, you have to be a socialist. But that's exactly yeah, right. And yeah. I think that we need to re, re stop we, it. We need to remember, though, that when we're talking about pro-life, I think everybody's forgotten the definition. What we're arguing for is due process. We're saying that you can't deprive somebody of life, liberty or, or land without a due process. Right. Anybody that's a human being, including right. the human being Inside that is conceived in the mother's womb. Yeah, that's right. So until you are exercised. So due process is a negative law. Right. right, it's that so you can't do can't this. Touch it unless you can prove that there is a crime that this person has yep. committed. Right. So it doesn't mean that because I'm for due process, then I have to be a socialist on top of it. Right. Well, I was talking to Neil about this, and he brought up a very good point. He said, um, "No shoes, no shirt, no service." Well, are you going to provide the shoes? Yeah. 
Are you going to provide the shirt? Yeah. Well, then if you're not going to provide those things, then you can't tell me not to put on it. Yeah. And that's the problem. It, it is very, when we're talking about pro-life, they are using this to get underneath and flip I, it I to social programs. I just want to point out that Neil is single, ladies, so just so yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean don't you want that kind man, of logic? With that don't, kind of wisdom? You need right? that in your life. <laughs> All right, yeah. Yes. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm honored. To, yeah, it, there's, it's absolutely insane to say that then because you require due process to take someone's life that you then owe them provision for the rest of their life. That's right. right. And so they want to no. make everything a right. It's not a right. No. This is, uh, it's not a right to uh, have social, to have health care. It's not a right to be able to have paid leave. That's right. Because if it is a right, then everyone has to be able to provide such right, a thing. Right, right. And we shouldn't have to be and, able to provide and that. And by demanding that, it me- you're also saying that they're, I mean, where is that coming from? Yeah. Everybody else. That's right. Everybody else. Then that means that the state can put a gun to your head right. and say, pay up. You owe this. Yeah, that's But right. that's called theft. Yeah. That's threatening. It's unjust. It's like saying, because I want slaves for you, therefore yeah. I then have to give them $60,000 a right. year and a whole bunch of property. That's yeah. not, no, 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 no. That's not how God's law works. Right. It's not how the world works. And when you put the life, when you put the care of mothers and children under the state, you're asking for them to be abused. That's, mm-hmm. right. that's not their job. That's their exactly job is right. to punish yeah. evildoers. If you really want to be pro-life, let families be families. That's yeah. right. Let the church be the church. That's Get right. out of their way. Let them provide. Let them love. Let them right. care. Mm. All right. I think it's sad that Republicans are getting pushed into the socialistic And we're taking world. it, though. We're, we're taking, taking that bait. Right. Yeah. Robert Nestle, is he the owner of Nestle Crunch? We don't know. He <laughs> might be, but we're going to find out next. If he is, is it a Christian Nestle Crunch? More <laughs> <Christian>. across politics. <laughs> I don't know what just happened there. Chris, Coming up. But now, Christian chocolate. Now I want a Nestle chocolate bar. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I know. They're not even sponsors. More across politics Coming up next. Where Dave and I plan this year's company holidays. Let's go through the list. Easter, too religious. St. Patrick's Day? Too white. Mother's Day? Way too cisgendered. All of your usual holidays have been canceled this year. But we still have Karl Marx's birthday! Ha <laughs> Need a real reason to party? Find a new job at redballoon.work. Home. It's where you build your legacy, where traditions are started, seeds are planted, meals are shared, and stories are told. We are Chris and Natalie Carpenter, owners of Story Real Estate, and our team of top agents helps people find homes in Moscow, Idaho, and around the country. Have you thought about a move? Contact us to get connected with a top agent who shares your values and puts your family first. Or reach out to us about our Moscow Relocation Guide. Wherever you're looking to go, we can help you find home. Call us at Story Real Estate or visit us at storyrealestate.com and start building your legacy. Welcome back to Cross Politic on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Boniface Woodworking exists for those who enjoy shopping with integrity, who want to buy handmade wooden furniture, gifts, and heirloom items that will last for generations, from dining tables and church pulpits to cigar humidors and everything in between. Did you say that you had the making of something special? Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, um, Yes, I do. Quality Quality pieces that you can give your children's children, tie them to their roots, and transcend the basic function of whatever they are. So start voting with your dollars and stop buying cheap crap from people who hate you. Can we say crap? I guess we can. Visit <laughs> bonificewoodworking.com. That's bonificewoodworking.com 
to see our gallery, learn the story, and submit your order for heirloom quality wood items today. Hey, our special guest yeah. that's zooming in to join us today is Robert Netsley. Did I say that right, Robert Netsley? You got it. All right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Nestle. I, I didn't I didn't ask Nestle. I didn't ask Gabe, obviously. Oh, father of chocolate is what I thought. He's the CEO of Inspire Investing and frequent contributor on Fox, Bloomberg, New York Times, and Cross Politic. Ooh. And Ooh. other major media. Um, Robert, thank you for joining us on Cross Politic. It is my pleasure. Thanks for having me here, guys. So um, tell us, what's what's Inspire Investing and why do you think that's important? Inspire Investing, uh, we are a, a faith-based, biblically responsible asset manager investment company. So we help uh, primarily Christians invest the hell out of your money, both literally and figuratively. Hey. So a lot of people don't realize. You know. That's good. That's, That's good. funny. Keep going. So, yeah, I mean, most people don't realize you've got, you know, things like abortion drug manufacturing companies and pornography selling companies or companies that are, you know, paying their employees to cross state lines to have abortions, things of that nature in your portfolio. And you're not just supporting those companies, you're actually profiting from those things. And uh, it's something I, uh, inconvenient truth, I stumbled across, you know, about 10, 11 years ago in my own portfolio as the uh, president of our local pro-life pregnancy center, I realized, you know, I'm actually making money when people get abortions mm. and that shouldn't be. And uh, in our in our business, I was recommending all my clients do the same thing. So we started Inspire Investing. So uh, people have a, an option to invest in companies that are actually making the world a better place and uh, not working to undermine your deeply held values and your freedom in this country and uh, all sorts of other things. So that's what we do. We manage about $2 billion under management and um, uh, God's been good. So we're we're thrilled to be here with you guys. Robert, is so correct me if I'm wrong. Are, are you, is your company mere, is it investing in... Um, a broad swath of companies from Christian to not, maybe not necessarily openly Christian, but at least not openly, you know, flying the pride flag or pro choice and so forth. Or are you only investing in explicitly Christian companies? Yeah, we we invest in public market companies, so publicly traded companies that you you know yeah. many of you own already in your mutual funds. So not necessarily Christian businesses, Got it. but businesses that are operating with excellence, and you know, like I said, not getting involved in woke politics and all sorts of other heinous uh, activities that right. they shouldn't be involved in. Got so, it. so Robert, then well, are you guys doing portfolio cleansing? Is that a way to think of it too? So right now, I have a portfolio. When what you just said, right. I haven't thought about. You know, I'm looking at it's like a Levitical cleansing. Well, when I look at my portfolio, <laughs> what I'm looking at is like, how well do they do over time? Uh, what's the investment over yeah. time? I'm not looking for lack of a better word at their ESG score, some sort of moral score to them. Right. I'm just looking at how much money I make. So you guys go through my portfolio and say, do you know that this guy right here does this and you part of your earnings are from the murder of children? Is that what you guys are doing in the portfolios? Yeah, that's the discover part of our process. We're just wow. really passionate about getting this work out, this word out. And so we put together a website, inspireinvesting.com. You can go there and uh, click on our technology for free. You can type in your ticker symbols of your stock mutual funds ETFs and see the granular details of, you know, on in this fund and your 401k owns this company that on this date gave this much money to Planned Parenthood or manufactures this abortion drug or, you know, what have you. So it, all the data is there for you through our, through our, um, you know, technology. Wow. And then we have the solutions to then connect, you know, instead of invest in those sort of things, right. Sell that buy these better investments uh, that do just as well, if not better financially. Right. So there's no, there's no need to take a, a mulligan on your performance just to, you know, invest in, in uh, good things. 
And uh, that's what we're expert in. Robert, why not um, maybe invest in some of these larger companies like Amazon or, you know, Apple, and then use your money to influence them and get rid of their, you know, pro-choice policies or pride month um, celebrations? Yeah, so we do a lot of shareholder engagement, actually. And uh, with Amazon, we were part of a resolution a couple of years ago uh, on viewpoint uh, diversity. Uh, we just launched a co-sponsored a, a viewpoint diversity index uh, business score with uh, Alliance Defending Freedom and doing a lot of work with them, uh, pushing back on companies. And uh, so our, our approach is that, yeah, we screen out bad actors. We look for the better companies, the most inspiring, biblically aligned, positive companies to invest in. Uh, but we engage all along the way. So when a company that we own is kind of going off the rails, uh, we don't just kick them to the curb. We actually reach out and we talk to their investor relations department. And we share the perspective of faith-based investors. And uh, by God's grace, we've seen some real awesome uh, victories and success stories there. Um, and sometimes it's, we don't and uh, we just uh, need to sell and move on. But can, uh, we definitely do. Can you give us an example? I, I would love to hear a happy story of how, <laughs> of how you influenced uh, the marketplace for good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, a quick one was a few years back. Um, some colleagues and I, uh, we were involved in a resolution with uh, Chevron and around their donations to Planned Parenthood. And uh, long story short, they were very committed to supporting Planned Parenthood. They're headquartered in the San Francisco Bay Area. Has nothing to do with their core business. I don't even know why, other than their, their you know, the board's uh, personal ideologies. They're so committed, adamant, uh, but we were able to raise enough ruckus with them and push back hard enough that uh, they ended up um, ending their support of Planned Parenthood. So that was you know wow. six figures a year that was no longer going to uh, Planned Parenthood and abortion and, and everything else that they, they yeah. do over there. And instead, uh, stayed with shareholders and yeah. was paid out as dividends. Man, that's... That's good. So uh, that, I like that, that. That is good. So are you finding, you know, when you said you had options for people, so I'm, you actually have me thinking about my portfolio right now. And I'm thinking like, man, I don't know this about the people who I'm investing money in and I have been investing money in, but are you seeing that they are, okay, so you got Chevron, which I wouldn't have thought they would listen, but are you seeing that there are, there's kind of two questions that they are listening to you and willing to make a move? And then are you seeing a, the exact alternatives or fair enough alternatives on the other side of investing that maybe not only want to move from supporting some of the woke ESG stuff, but moving to supporting more pro-life free market stuff and say, yeah, we're going to invest in that. So it's not just like, oh, we're taking money from one side, but we're actually building a society that creates human flourishing on the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we, we really are looking for businesses that are doing that with their products and services and, and already, you know, not necessarily operating as a Christian business, quote unquote, yeah. but they're they're operating with ethics and morals and, you know, they're staying neutral, at least in, in politics and kind of, you know, the social issues and just, you know, working on a cure to cancer or whatever right. the case may be, or delivering clean water solutions to people all over the world. And uh, so we've developed what's called our Inspire Impact Score methodology, which is a, a rigorous you know, rules-based methodology used by investors all over the world to score their portfolios and, and find investments that are more aligned with uh, biblical values, which, uh, in a, you know, in a lot of ways are just kind of, you know, core values that everybody, you know, human human uh, suffering is bad. So let's not right. increase that in the world. So um, it ranks companies from negative 100 to positive 100. Anything below zero, we exclude from portfolios. And, any, and then we look for the highest scoring companies. And so you can see those scores Again, on your portfolios on uh, on AspireInvesting.com and uh, and go right there. And again, we have uh, all the tools to to help you out there. 
uh, Knox, if you're looking for yeah, some. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just this yeah. all, made this all about can, can myself. You just, can you just wait until after the show before go. you check your <laughs> portfolio? I'm like tempted um, right now. Robert, uh, so you, you mentioned this, the, the viewpoint diversity score um, that you, you created with, I think, folks from ADF. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I appreciate it. At the same time, part of me wonders, is there any, I mean, are, are you kind of playing into the game? I mean, the, sort of the whole ESG thing mm-hmm. and to start with is kind of um, this political game, it seems like. Yeah. Um, is, is that, I mean, why do, our, why do your own version of that? Is, is that just creating, a, you know, just, is, are we just getting into the game with them, um, playing politics, right. rather than just saying, look, in, in, in good business, you do good work, you tell the truth, you deliver, you know, you make the world a better right. place. Yeah. Why, why not just go with that simple, you know, free market principles? Right. Why go with a new score? Is, yeah. isn't, that, isn't that liable to be misused in, in another 10, 20, 30 years or whatever, you know, and, and now we're back in the same place or I don't know, I'm just curious. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how they misuse our our, our particular score because we control those uh, mechanisms and and all of that. But the ESG question is is interesting, and I'm you know um, I don't know if it's just because I like to stir the pot and you know kick a hornet's nest every once in a while, but we put ESG in the name of all of our funds uh, because we look at environmental, social, and governance issues. Got it. Uh, just this year, we added that into the rest of our funds that didn't have it in there already, and it irritates the progressive liberal wokies like to no end. <laughs> Because we are obviously not playing for the same team. And, uh, but look, when a company and, and all these companies out there have these divisions that they have, their job is to listen to people and look at these issues. And so to me, uh, as an investor, it's, it's kind of like the yellow brick road where I get, hey, yeah, I've got an ESG fund. I wanna, I've got some ideas about environmental issues and what the Bible says about that. I don't think you should have carbon quotas, you know, and all those sort of things. Right. Um, social issues. I've got a lot to th- say about social issues like abortion and LGBT activism. Uh, they're all wrong and you should stop uh, promoting those things. And as a shareholder, as an ESG fund, I don't want you to do that. And I think you should you know, support other whatever it is, you know, governance. So, you know, the Bible has a lot to say about those things. And we're uh, using that as our platform. Um, and until they, you know, change regulations, make it illegal or just physically remove us from the room, uh, you know, we're going to show up to that conversation. And, um, you know, it's been, again, it's, it's a really interesting place to be and to shine a light. Uh, certainly the ESG movement in general is overwhelmingly uh, occupied by the secular, you know, woke activists uh, using ESG to try to undermine freedom and faith and, and things that we hold dear. Right. So uh, people are, are very well, um, you know, well informed to be skeptical of ESG and to be you know, concerned about what's going on there. But uh, I think there is possibly room for a two party ESG system. Right to have two parties in that ESG system, uh, so it's either too far gone and we throw it out and let's just move on and, and do take a different approach, or uh, perhaps we're the last uh, dying hope for you know <laughs> that sort of uh, two party approach, um, and we're we're doing our darndest. Robert, you got some time to hang out with us in the backstage. I want I have a couple questions because this ESG thing I just don't like playing on the liberals. I, I, yeah, I, but I got some theological questions too. Oh, uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I hope you got your Bible out there. Yeah. <laughs> could you get could you get everybody your website? Because I'm <laughs> I yeah. think they need to go there and check out their own portfolio. 
Inspireinvesting.com. You can find everything uh, that we publish right there, inspireinvesting.com. Okay. And so- that takes you to Viewpoint Diversity Score, which is where you can actually find a bunch of these companies that you've scored. Is that correct? There's links to the Viewpoint Diversity Index with the ADF. There's also links to yeah, our technology where you can tap in your mutual funds and all the all the rest of it. You can talk to our advisors, see our funds. Uh, it's all there. All right. So, Robert, I'm going to give you the question. Don't answer it. We'll do it in the backstage. But I want to ask you, are the days done where we can just – invest in a company because of their earnings? Do we have to have all this other stuff enter the conversation as we're making our investment? It used to be so easy back in the day. This company mm-hmm. makes money. This company doesn't. <laughs> I want to make money. I want to make money. I them. go with yeah. that company. Yeah. Why can't we do that anymore? Or can we? We'll talk about that in the backstage. And if you're not backstage with us, shame on you. Sign up, become a Fight Laugh Feast Club member. Until tomorrow, if you're single, get married. If you're married, Have you some kids? And if you have kids, go baptize them. Till tomorrow, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politic. The season of Augustine and the season of Cassiodorus were very different moments in a crucial transformation that occurred in the history of the Western liberal arts. All right, so just stay like this. How how am I doing here? So, yeah, you don't like you don't like this, huh? What does a Christian education look like when non-Christians are the ones who control the institutions of learning? This is a question that confronted Bishop Augustine of Hippo in North Africa in the 5th century AD. Augustine lived at the twilight of the Roman Empire. He himself had been trained with the best learning that Rome at that time had to offer. He himself actually came through the ranks and taught rhetoric in some of the best schools. And it was then, after he had come of age, that he converted to Christianity But he wanted to continue the project of education, but this time for Christians. And so he had to confront the question, what does a Christian education look like when the unbelievers control the field, when they control the institutions, when the whole apparatus and curriculum of learning emerge from a pagan environment? And so Augustine wondered, what is it that Christians should jettison? What is it that Christians can embrace? What is it that Christians can adopt, but in modified form? These are the questions that Augustine confronted when he sought to educate Christians in an environment when unbelievers dominated the field. A century later, we see a man in the south of Italy named Cassiodorus who faced a very different educational landscape. He had to ask what did a Christian education look like in an environment where unbelievers had abandoned the project of education altogether. The infrastructure of learning had entirely eroded. If education was to proceed at all, it had to proceed on the foundation of Christianity. The Christians had to be the ones preserving education. What does a Christian education look like when Christians are the ones forming the institutions, when Christians are the ones organizing the curriculum? Well, these two seasons in the history of education, the season of Augustine and the season of Cassiodorus, just 100 years apart, were very different moments in a crucial transformation that occurred in the history of the Western liberal arts. We're gonna be studying this story. We're going to be going back to the sources. We're going to go back to Augustine. We're gonna go back to Cassiodorus. We're gonna ask ourselves which of their predicaments most resembles our own. 
which can we learn from Augustine's period? What can we learn from Cassiodorus's period? As we confront these questions, we're gonna engage these sources, and we invite you to join us here at New St. Andrews College.